0: The Gran Cedillo School of Business and Management at Pepperdine University proudly presents the Dean's Executive Leadership Series. This podcast invites top business practitioners and thought leaders to share their view on the real world of business.
1: Hello and welcome. My name is Rick Gibson, Associate Vice President for Public Affairs here at Pepperdine University. I'm joined today by Dr. Linda Livingstone, Dean of the Grazadio School of Business and Management. Welcome, Linda.
2: Well, thank you, Rick. It's a pleasure to be here today.
1: Well, the Dean's Executive Leadership Series is off to a great start this year.
2: It is. We started with Richard Gutis, uh, Chief Operating Officer of Herbalife, and now today we move on to Jerry Wilson, who is Senior Vice President for Coca-Cola Company.
1: Well, it seems that you continue to bring just very impressive uh, speakers uh, to this series, obviously a benefit to your students, and I'm sure that there are uh, faculty and others who participate in these and and enjoy access to these kinds of leaders. Tell us a little bit about Jerry. Jerry.
2: Well, Jerry uh, is one of the senior leadership uh, members on the team at Coca-Cola, and he has worldwide responsibility for growing sales and profits. So they have 20 million customers who serve 1.7 billion consumers. So if you want a global perspective on business, uh, he is the person to provide it. So it's going to be a fascinating evening.
1: Well, we certainly look forward to this conversation. Let me invite our listeners to sit back, relax, and enjoy this interview with Jerry Wilson.
2: We're back again with another Dean's Executive Leadership Series, and we're really pleased to have with us um, Jerry Wilson, who's the Senior Vice President of the Coca-Cola Company and Chief Customer and Commercial Officer. Jerry, it's really great to have you with us. It's a pleasure. Well, I always like to start with, I've, I've got a bio here, and I could go over that, but I think it's actually more interesting if you share with our audience... Uh, a little bit about your background and how you got to this position because you've been co- with Coca-Cola for many, many years. You've had a long career there. So talk a little bit about, and I think you were the Volkswagen before that. So interesting transition. How you got there, and then how you got to the position that you're in now.
3: Well, that's right, and it's it's great to be with you today. It's an honor, and I have been with the Coca-Cola Company for 23 years, and prior to that, I was in the automobile bill business for 10 years. Uh, Ford retail experience and Volkswagen of America with the manufacturer. The common thread between that 33-year story is great consumer brands, mm-hmm. great strategic leadership, and a franchised system. And what's interesting to me is today, when I look at the success of Coca-Cola, uh, it really is a function of a great alignment between our bottling system mm-hmm. and our company. Uh, working in conjunction with our customers and our uh, to serve our consumers, now, my background is a little bit interesting because I worked my way through junior college. I then worked my way through uh, university um, and graduated and then worked for many years and went back to night school to earn my mba and um, and so, uh, as I look back on my career. Uh, When I decided to leave Volkswagen of America, I made a pretty uh, big decision at that point to leave a brand management position for the US to step back to really reboot, if you will, to move forward with Coca-Cola. So I went from a brand manager of the US with Volkswagen to an area account executive with the Coca-Cola company. Mm -hmm. So I was on the top of a small mountain, if you will, came down to base camp and, and went back up. And 23 years later, I'm delighted I did that. I've had the pleasure of working all around the world with the company. Um, I uh, have led our strategic planning for the United States. I led our um, Western U.S. food service operations. I spent 10 years serving one customer, McDonald's, mm-hmm. which is an interesting story. Pretty big customers. So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 very, very uh, interesting learnings working with McDonald's for the decade that I had the pleasure of working with them, and then now working with all of our customers worldwide is quite a quite an honor.
2: Just a little bit of an aside, it's interesting to hear your educational background, because so many of our students in the business school are working full-time while they go to school, both at the bachelor's level at... and at the master's level, so to hear that you had that experience and how that sort of informed and prepared you for what you're doing I think is really interesting and it will be wonderful for our alums to kind of hear about what you're doing now, given that your path through the educational system was very similar to what many of our alums
3: Yes, the thing that I learned during that era is that there were two independent bosses neither of which cared about the other.
2: That does and happen. So,
3: <laughs> so I can tell you that I respect anyone who's working full-time mm-hmm. and going to school basically full-time because neither one of those two masters care if you succeed in the other one. Yes. And so you have to really learn to juggle two very big areas mm-hmm. of interest at the same time. Yeah,
2: exactly. So I'm, I'm reading in your biography, and it talks about uh, that you, let's see, I'm trying to remember the description. It says, it says that you are responsible for enhancing the strategic alliance with all customers globally through consumer and commercial leadership. Mm-hmm. That sounds like really important, and you do it for an iconic company. So talk a little bit about, sort of break that down. What does that really mean that you do?
3: That's a great question. Um, you know, and I'll go back to my background. Mm-hmm. Um, for 10 years, I was an operating um, President mm-hmm. uh, of our uh, customer McDonald's. And so, in a role like that, and I think many of people on, on this podcast can relate, is you have full PL accountability and authority, and you're really in control of making those decisions. Uh, the role that I uh, was promoted into uh, following that role is an enterprise wide C suite role. And so, you've really got to learn much more about influencing a network, interp- in, you know influencing the entire enterprise, because all of our customer teams are based within our operating units. And so setting the strategy, ensuring we have the right capabilities in place, and then working very closely with our bottlers to deliver that promise locally. Uh, It's been a very different role, but very interesting Mm -hmm. in the sense of taking uh, experience in the operating uh, leadership role, and then putting it to work on influencing a global 206 country enterprise-wide role. You know, and this group services 20 million customers right. a week so it's it's you know it's it's huge in the scheme of, of bigness but uh, having clarity of strategy having uh, the right networks in place um, and then having the right kind of metrics really helps uh, make this role uh, a great role
2: one of the things that came at it I mean clearly coca-cola is one of the true global companies and I believe over half of your revenues come from outside the US now from some of the things that I read um, and this summer, I was actually in Atlanta and we went to the museum, mm-hmm. which is fascinating. And there's this section in the museum where you get to taste all the Coke products from all over the world, many of which we've never heard of or seen, and some are quite interesting to taste. So, talk about you've got this big global company. Uh, how you manage the globalness of it, yet the individual nature or the, the the product focus at such an individual level in different parts of the world. And how do you bring that about from a customer perspective?
3: Well, first, I'm glad you visited the world of Coca-Cola and uh, had our Taste of the World experience. Yeah. You know, over a million visitors go through that um, one single um, venue annually. Yeah. And, and I recommend
2: and, it highly. It was a great experience.
3: Well, and, and I, you know, I love going there. I go there frequently. In fact, we just recently had a huge, um, big piece of news where the secret formula, oh, uh, the yes. actual secret formula that has been stored in a bank vault for years, moved to the world of Coca Cola oh, wow. in its own private vault. So it's a, it's a very big deal. Um, th- this global brand which operates locally, Global Trademark, which operates locally with over 500 different brands in the portfolio, Mm -hmm. creates both uh, huge opportunity and challenges. Mm -hmm. You know, the the thing that our customers, uh, whether it's a Ralph's here in California or a Carrefour in France is looking for is simplicity Mm -hmm. uh, and winning with their shoppers and winning with their customers. And so we really have to have our Um, arms and legs on the ground, in the local markets, understanding what makes sense, you know, zip code by zip code all around the world. And that's why the people become such an important part of our future strategy and our success, is having the right people with the right skills and the right roles to be able to guide those decisions locally. Um, You know, we find that when the market demands are met, and we are in, a, in alignment with that, that our business grows very well. Uh, when we're trying to push something centrally down, mm-hmm. uh, so many times that gets hung up uh, along the way. And so it's a real collaborative uh, ecosystem, if you will. Uh,
2: you talk about people development, and much of what I've read about you focuses on how important the people in your organization are in people development. Talk a little bit about your philosophy in that regard, and then how you do push that throughout a global organization uh, that taps into so many different cultures from a people perspective.
3: Well when I joined Coca-Cola, the first leadership role that I had was actually in Denver, Colorado. So I was relocated from Orlando to Denver. And I only had at that time six people reporting to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I realized quite quickly that Coca-Cola is an extremely competitive organization. Mm -hmm. It's a a large brand with high expectations, with big budgets, big goals and profit and share and all kinds of growth targets. Um, And I I decided early that I may or may not be able to uh, achieve my annual business plan every year. I I don't know what brought me to that conclusion, but I began to think about that deeply. But I did realize I could always be the best place for people to work. I I could control that situation. And so it started simply by providing people with uh, a two-way communication, an open-door policy. Uh, Then it led to setting very clear objectives in in a conversational approach. Then it led to meaningful performance reviews, which I know sounds very elementary, but um, how many of us have been through performance reviews at our company that were a water sandwich? And so I made it a very important part of of brand jerry. Mm -hmm. Now, as I've progressed and now I lead a worldwide organization, I've never missed a business plan. And it's interesting that I look back, and I think the reason for that is empowering people Mm -hmm. to uh, have a very strong connection with developing people, allowing people to take risk, to make mistakes, to um, learn from those mistakes and move forward. And so I'm a very strong proponent that um, many times the highest individual contributor is promoted to a people manager, which is a vocation change.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: It's not a promotion, sure. it's a sure it's a complete vocation change. But there's no transition training. Mm-hmm. And so frequently what we see in organizations is that we lose a great individual contributor and we gain a poor manager. Right. A poor leader of people. And so I've spent a lot of time over the years mentoring people about that change to help them realize that, you know, clearly fifty percent of their new job. making sure their people are successful, they have the right teams in place, and dealing with both high performers, marginal performers, and poor performers in a very transparent and honest way.
2: One of the things that you've done is write a book that kind of connects your uh, expertise and knowledge in branding with this people side of things, and it really focuses on managing brand you and the unique step-in-step process. So can you talk a little bit about your experience at Coca-Cola and how that has informed the development of that Philosophy and what brought you to the point of wanting to write a book about it?
3: Well, it's it's first I'm very proud to have published a book. I you know did this also while I was working full time and and remember sitting at the compact keyboard typing this. So this is not a <laughs> ghostwriter type of book uh-huh. uh, with my co-author obviously uh, engaged as well. Um, the concept is this: uh, after 30 years of of working in a consumer branded field. Uh, I began to wonder if we could take some of the precepts of great successful brands and put them to work for us as people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's consistent with my uh, you know, kind of passion around people. And so I gave a, a keynote speech to the inaugural mentoring group at Coca-Cola North America. This is many years mm-hmm. ago. And it was really just a simple idea, a little um, speech about, you know, what if you thought of yourself as a brand. And at the end of that speech, I had so much positive feedback, um, and people quickly got the idea, but then they wanted to understand the process. You know, what could they go do after this, um, this idea? And so it led me to then decompose what great brands do, step by step to position their brands. Mm-hmm. And then I put that into a simple seven-step approach that anyone can do on their own terms, on their own timeline, as mm-hmm. public as they want or as private as they want. So this, the steps are very straightforward and, it, and it's, a, it's meant to be very pragmatic with all the tools that people can, mm-hmm. can use for themselves. Uh, it starts with a simple brand you audit, which is you know we are a function of everything that's happened to us life to date. Uh, And it it allows you to do a bit of a SWOT analysis on Mm -hmm. yourself and who you are today. It's a very interesting introspective into our, our chronology of what makes us who we are today. Mm -hmm. Then it goes into um, step two, which is what is your brand new image, which is the total perception that others have of us Mm -hmm. today, which is so important in today's uh, world. And then it allows you to move into a five-step proactive positioning process. Identify the identity you want to stand for, Mm -hmm. then develop your goals, set a positioning statement against those goals, and then set your strategies and implementation plan against that. Um, it's a very logical approach. Uh, I'm a firm believer that great brands are authentic. They're true to themselves. Mm-hmm. They're not copycat brands. And so many times we as people try to copy others. And when we look at great brands, whether that is um, Bono, mm-hmm. or whether it is um, you know, Oprah Winfrey, right. uh, they've always been true to themselves. And so I'm a firm believer that uh, uh, we can be true to ourselves, be authentic, and create a great brand that is unique mm-hmm. and differentiated in today's marketplace.
2: Interesting. And certainly applicable to our students I as think so. they think about uh, you know, changing jobs or looking for opportunities and even how you advance in your own organization. So,
3: Well, I think it changes the trajectory for many people mm-hmm. because so many people are aiming toward a job posting when what they need to do is write their own job description mm-hmm. and, and then find their way. And so many companies need people that can break through and make a difference in their companies. Um, and it's just, it's a very, the idea is that it's a very empowering process for people.
2: Wonderful. You know, one of the big issues in business today we hear so much about is, you know, social responsibility, sustainability, mm-hmm. and especially in global companies that are trying to figure out what that means, especially in different countries and different cultural contexts. Talk about kind of Coca Cola's philosophy of that and, uh, and what role you're playing in your uh, position to address those issues at Coca-Cola?
3: Well, I, first, I think what you're leading here at Pepperdine is spot on. I mean, it's a value-based program, uh, it's student-focused, and it's experience-led. Um, and, and when you think about the global reality of today's business, uh, many of your students will end up experiencing roles and responsibilities far beyond the United States. And sometimes the rules get a little bit murky, you know, especially when you get into emerging markets and you get into um, different types of state-run governments, et cetera. But if you have a principle-based foundation, you'll always have a true north on your compass on how to lead your own dealings with, with, um, with, your, with your role. I think this is more important now than ever and it's gonna become even more important going forward. Coca-Cola is a brand that every day, We've taken 125 years to build, and in 125 seconds on the Internet could be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And so we constantly not only uh, inform our people about their responsibilities, but actually take them through training, mm-hmm. through code of ethics training, required training that they must go through on a regular basis to understand what's in bounds and what's clearly out of bounds. And um, you know, when you're talking about an enterprise of 750,000 people around the world, you know, it's a, it's a big group to try and keep in, um, sure. in the corridors. But you know, our customers, our consumers keep us in great check. Uh, they expect a high um, level from a brand like Coca-Cola. And when we deliver it, we have great results. And when, we, when we stray, we get into trouble. And fortunately, we have a leader and our, our chairman and CEO that's very committed mm-hmm. to a value-based enterprise. Um, and, I, and, and I, as well, uh, as part of his uh, executive leadership team, feel personally accountable to make sure that, that happens.
2: A little bit more about you. What is a day in your life like? I know there's probably no typical day, yeah. but maybe even, you know, what might a typical week look like? I mean, you travel a lot. You know, is there any routine to it at all? Or how do you sort of prepare for that kind of a hectic life?
3: Well it, it it's it, it's what I love about my job is the variety of mm-hmm. the job and um you know I fly uh, anywhere from 150 to 200,000 miles a year on one airline, mm-hmm. and so you know Delta is very happy with Jerry.
2: Living in Atlanta. That's Living a good, in Atlanta, good, that's good an thing. easy correlation, and
3: they're a <laughs> great right. customer of Coca-Cola as well. So it works. It works out well. But a typical day for me um, could very well be uh, an example of, of being in Nairobi, mm-hmm. uh, where I will um, awaken in a country that's forty percent un- unemployment. Uh, work with our bottling uh, organization, go in the trade, meet with our customers, independent, small, tiny customers uh, in, in poverty zones in, in Nairobi, uh, all the way to one of the most modern retailers that you would see in, in the, the city of Nairobi. Um, if I'm in Europe, it would mean um, trying to ensure that our entire European uh, business is clicking uh, at, the right, uh, at the right momentum. Uh, if I'm in Atlanta, it would mean getting up early in order to work the Asian markets on timeline. I try to always realize that the people overseas uh, deserve a higher level of comfort than me, so I try to set my clock to work with their mm-hmm. uh, their, their timeline. But there are many, many weeks where I'll leave home on a weekend, um, fly Saturday to be where I need to be on Sunday to get ready to go Monday morning. Um, a typical week. I never check luggage. I have a pattern for travel: carry-on rolling bag, one briefcase, and off I go. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of a, a simple, a simple guy. I, uh, I don't have an entourage that that works that travels with me. I uh, believe in a very streamlined approach, and I um, believe in being very close to the market. You know, in our customers' outlets, just as often as I possibly can.
2: So that kind of a lifestyle, and that is it's hectic mm-hmm. and challenging and very interesting, but also on family and the personal side of things can be very challenging. Do you have any sort of advice for our audience about how you manage that part of it and feel like you're, uh, I I don't really like the word balance because I think that you don't, it's hard to do that, but how do you manage that and any tips for that that has worked for you and your family?
3: Well, I'm very blessed to have been married to my best friend for 32 years, uh, Jenny, and we have a 23-year-old daughter, Mm -hmm. Abby. Who is a doctorate of physical therapy student right now. Um, Look, I I could not have done this without a great partnership with Jenny. It's just that simple. And you are exactly right. Uh, I I do not live what I would consider a balanced life at all. It is over-indexed for the Coca-Cola company while I'm working. And then when I'm home, I try to Mm over-index on home. I always stay uh, connected with Jenny. I'll call her many times a day from wherever I am. And I know that. Uh, That's an expense that I incur, uh, but it's an investment to stay close to home. So no matter where I am, whatever time it is, I want to check in with her on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. And and then um, Jenny and Abby and I have a few little simple things that we do as rituals Mm -hmm. together that keeps us, you know, uh, tight as a family unit. Uh, I think that the thrill of the work for me maintains my inspiration Mm -hmm. and motivation because... There's nothing that I enjoy more than being in the market, with our team, mm-hmm. with a customer, seeing our consumers interact with our brands. Frankly, I wish I could clone myself, because I'd, I'd Don't we r- all? I, I would <laughs> rather be home with my wife on the screen porch, feeding our birds in the backyard, you know, watching them come to the feeder while I'm also right. in, you know. Um, in Turkey, with one of our great retailers.
2: <laughs> so. someday someone will figure that one out. <laughs>
3: Perhaps we hope not. <laughs> Probably not in our lifetime, but
2: I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to conclude with a uh, uh, not a too difficult. I don't think it'll be a difficult question. But uh, so, do you have a personal favorite Coca-Cola product or beverage, or do you love them all?
3: <laughs> well, you know what, I I do love them all, but I have some favorites. Um, I love. Today for lunch I had a great Coke Zero. That's my favorite, you know, which actually. I, I love thoroughly love. Um, uh, prior to that, you know, Coke Light or Diet Coke mm-hmm. was my um, sparkling brand of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love our Odwalla brand, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great healthy juice, all natural, uh, um, you know, juice uh, product, which mm-hmm. I which I really enjoy. Uh, I love Smart Water, which is yeah. uh, my favorite water. Uh, and, of course, vitamin water also, which is a, a great a lifestyle brand. So I've got plenty to drink, you know, within, sure you my, <laughs> uh, within my Coca-Cola portfolio. Well, my
2: daughter's a volleyball player, and her smart water is the water of choice for her volleyball well, team. So uh, you'll smart, be happy that's about that. a smart that. volleyball team. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for your time. It's been such a pleasure uh, learning about your experiences. And I know it will be valuable to our listeners, and, and they will appreciate it. So thank you for your time and being with us.
3: And thank Thank you as well.
1: Well, Linda, that was a very fascinating interview with uh, Jerry Wilson.
2: It was. And we heard his interesting perspective on what's going on globally in the economy and how that's affecting a company like Coca-Cola. So it'll be interesting to watch them in the months and years ahead.
1: Certainly. Well, uh, tell us uh, what we can expect next.
2: Well, our next speaker is Blake Irving, who is Executive Vice President and Chief Products Officer at Yahoo. And we're particularly pleased to have Blake because he's actually taught for us in the past.
1: Oh, excellent. That's terrific. Well, let me invite our listeners who want to learn more about the Dean's Executive Leadership Series or more about the Grosadio School. Let me invite you to visit us online at bschool.pepperdine.edu slash DELS. That's D-E-L-S. Until next time, thanks
0: for listening. True leaders inspire others around them to achieve. And leadership is a quality that we can help you develop and master. I'm Dr. Gary Mangiofico. Associate Dean at Pepperdine University's Grazia School of Business and Management. Our evening and weekend MBA program is designed exclusively for working professionals like you. Our curriculum, faculty, and highly collaborative learning environment stand ready to help you advance yourself and your career. And though our regional campuses are only a short distance from your home or your work, you'll travel further than you ever dreamed possible. Spring and summer semester applications are now being accepted for Pepperdine's evening and weekend MBA program at our Encino, Irvine, West LA, Westlake Village graduate campuses, and our new Santa Barbara location. Call 800-933-3333. Pepperdine's Deal School of Business and Management. Master the leader in you.